Howdy! Welcome to the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. This podcast is about America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, and the surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, a deep storied history, and rich mountain cultures that we explore with weekly episodes. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, a man of the world, but also these mountains. My family for 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. Today's topic is, is history tales of the Western North Carolina area. The first a sponsor message. Imagine a place evocative of motor courts of the past, yet modern and vibrant, with a chic Appalachian feel. A place for adventure and for relaxation. Imagine a place where you can fish in a mountain heritage trout stream. Grill the catch on a fire and eat, accompanied by fine wine or craft beers. Imagine a place with old-time music and world cultural sounds. There is no other place like the Meadowlark Motel in Maggie Valley, North Carolina. Your Smoky Mountain Adventure starts with where you stay. Another sponsor is SmokiesAdventure.com. That's SmokiesAdventure.com. The surrounding area is a vacation destination for all seasons. Some of the nation's best hiking trails, waterfalls, outdoor adventures and, fa- adventures and family entertainment can be found right here in the Smokies. It's also a great place for rustic weddings, elopement honeymoons, and cabins in the mountains. You should start your adventure by using SmokiesAdventure.com to explore all the wonderful features of, of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park trails, waterfalls, Cade Cove, and more. Then check out the awesome family attractions and entertainment you and your entire family can enjoy. The goal of SmokiesAdventure.com is to become the leading information portal for adventures and experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains. I have a few events to tell you about, and then we'll get to our guests. Coming this weekend, you got the Metal Deep in the back was to practice many survival skills to create a life in the Smoky Mountains. This festival will celebrate and educate on those skills with live demonstrations and historic presentations. Learn how animal hides were tanned with actual demonstrations. See a frontier cat. Learn about handicrafts like pottery and quilting. Experience Cherokee master craftsmen and storytelling. Blacksmithing, old-time firearms, and foraging are all on the agenda. There will be entertainment as well, with traditional music and even exploration of Scott, Scottish-Irish heritage music of the mountain settlers. Don't miss this unique opportunity to experience local mountain culture at its most original. You can go to themetalarkmotel.com and look under Smoky, Her- uh, Smoky Mountain Heritage Events to find out more. So, Kephart's Hot Kephart Celebration Weekend. Horace Kephart has been dead for 88 years, but his name and his story pull an undercurrent, undercurrent through Western North Carolina. Kephart is, the, is acclaimed as the father of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park, an outdoorsman gifted with an adventurous soul and the author of such staples of regional literature as are Southern Highlanders and Camping and Woodcraft. 
Woodcraft. Join us at the Meadowlark Smoky Mountain Heritage Center to celebrate his life and work with ceremonies, hikes, stories, music, and historical displays. And then in three weeks, traditional skills and naturalist weekend, where you can explore ginseng, granny medicine, and herbs. The lore of the mountain is explored in this weekend of lectures, wanderings, and entertainments. Smokyhotel.com, looking under the Smoky uh, events listings. Our guest today is Jim Buchanan. Jim is a native of Jackson County and an award-winning journalist and author, now living in Clyde, North Carolina. He has worked for the Asheville Citizen Times and currently is a journalist for the Silver Herald in Silver, North Carolina. Jim's most recent book was a nominee for the 2020 Thomas Wolfe Memorial Literary Award. Hello, Jim. Hey, Joseph. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you for coming on. It's an honor. So um, like me, your family has been has a long history in Western North Carolina. How did your family end up here? Well, as you're, I'm sure, well aware, uh, the history becomes uh, more frayed the further back you go. <laughs> yes. Um, like I say, mom's side, they uh, they came from Germany in the 1830s, three brothers. Uh, dad's side, he was he was across the, uh, well, the, the, there was no state of North Carolina because there was no United States. And uh, he was across the border in Jackson County, which was then uh, Cherokee country. And he, he's as far back as we can trace here. And uh, beyond that, we can trace back to uh, York and England. I have I have various aunts who tell me like oh we're related to William the Conqueror or we're related to uh, the Bonnie Prince Charles or we're related to <laughs> any number of people you, you start going back in time and it becomes uh, everybody becomes royal right right <laughs> and everyone has a Cherokee grandmother and everyone has a Cherokee grandmother exactly so uh, so how did you get uh, started as a journalist? Did you write for the school newspaper or high school, or did that come later? I wrote a little bit for the school newspaper. To be honest, I, th I think how I fell into journalism, uh, I lived about nine miles from the high school, but it was an hour bus ride. So I started doing my homework on the bus going to school. Deadlines do not frighten me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a little bit of history. Do you know where the word deadline comes from? Mm -mm. Uh, no. It comes from the uh, Andersonville prison camp in the Civil War in Georgia. Uh, uh -huh. they held, held the federal troops. They didn't have a stockade. They would go out and drop a stake in the ground. And if it went beyond that, that was the deadline. <laughs> and then how did that become part of journalism? <laughs> Uh, You've never met know. a managing editor, have you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who was he in that picture? The, uh, the 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 commanding soldier or the guy facing the deadline? <laughs> <laughs> He's still the guy yeah. facing the deadline. Yeah. So, Western uh, Carolina University. My dad went. And uh, did you major in journalism there? Uh, they didn't have a major. I majored in communications, minored in journalism, and I was editor of the school paper. Hmm. Cool. When did when did uh, not to not to uh, not to settle your age, but when did you go there? I was there seventy eight to eighty three. So I tell everyone my junior year at Western was the best three years of my life. 
<laughs> that was a long one, right? Yeah. Right. Well, me and you were contemporaries. I was in Haywood County, you know, you know, and uh, and then went off to college in the same time you were in college. So, uh, okay. yeah, we probably have uh, uh, similar uh, recollections of what growing up in the Western North Carolina meant. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, you know, uh, people mentioned that Western North Carolina has changed, but I don't see it that much. How do, what do you think? Do you think it's changed since then? I think it's changed a lot. Uh, yeah. you, you can probably remember when, oh God, I can remember when there were no four lane highways in Jackson County, you know, and it was, oh, a, yeah, well. it was a two hour trip from Silva to Asheville. Uh, of course, thanks to construction, it's still a two hour trip, but. You know, you're not stuck behind a logging truck going up and down Balsam both ways. And uh, so, of course, obviously, there's a lot more people. Um, and the, the environment has changed over the years. Uh, you know, honestly, I remember cutting Christmas trees down, dragging them home in the snow every year. Haven't been able to do that for 10 years or so. No, uh, no I remember. Uh, yeah, I remember, you know, yeah, going up in the mountains and uh, getting those Christmas trees, but yeah, we always meant to plant them and we never did. Um, the, uh, the, you know, I, I noted, I saw the other day, you know, I'm interested in, um, you know, to do with this gateway is to around the country, not only in the beauty and the, and the aesthetics and the opportunities for fun and in the in the mountains but also the rich cultural history and the and the and the, the real and real intelligence here you know and sophistication of thought you know and i just saw recently as a, as a representative of that that the southwestern community college i think that's in jackson crown it was rated the number one community college in the country that's right i know a few years ago they were rated number four and it's, it's right. a very good college it's growing uh got a lot of great programs yeah, well, with Western being such a great university now, and and Southwestern, I think we can say that the hillbilly stereotype in the mountains is uh, is uh, is, not, is is on its way out. I think, right? I would, I would say so. <laughs> for for um, bad. Yeah. So after Western Carolina, you went on to the work. I went. To, well, my first job was an advertising salesman. Oh, I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. Didn't mean to cut you off. That's all right, go on. Okay. Uh, an advertising salesman for 60 bucks a week and cashers. Uh, then I became a sports editor, managing editor, editor. And I went from there to the Asheville Times, the afternoon newspaper in Asheville. Uh, there were such things as papers that came out in the afternoon. Back <laughs> in the day, and uh, it was a great job. And I Went from there, the uh, Times merged with the Citizen, the morning paper, and I worked there for 29 years. I was a copy editor, columnist, uh, did a pro football column for a while, was on the editorial board for 20 years, and I was editorial page editor for eight. Wow. What was your what was your proudest uh, moments at the paper? Uh, you know, we we were involved with some uh, law enforcement authorities who weren't doing the right thing. Uh, one of them was running a, uh, a, a gaming operation and running the other gaming operators out of business. And uh, he wound up in federal prison. Uh, 
you know, be, being an advocate for, for the area, uh, there was a time uh, the local National Guard unit, they were going to take away their Humvees, and uh, we raised hell about that. Uh, got uh, Governor Mike Easley real mad at me. They called a special session to bring a business to North Carolina. I think it was like $2.5 billion in incentives, and we had just been hit with two hurricanes in 2004 up here in the mountains and were just devastated and they didn't call a special session for that and uh we we took the bark off of him <laughs> some good that, sounds like, that. that sounds like it was a good a good thing to do oh yeah uh, it, it was but uh you know people tell their own stories and we just report on it and there's strong journalism in the smoky mountains and i there, I, there is. I, I really appreciate that a lot of, a lot of good news well, up here well, when we come, I want to take a break now. When we come back, we'll talk uh, talk about uh, you know some other things uh, in in your career, and then we'll get into your book. All right. Very good. Howdy, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast and my guest, Jim Buchanan. Jim, for times, and then you decided to move off into small town world. What, made the, what, what, what caused that to happen? You ended up with it, Silva, the, the, the newspaper? Oops, so you're muted. You're muted. Unmute. Okay, I am now unmuted. Okay. <laughs> I was I was downsized, right sized, and surprised by <laughs> the corporate parent of the Citizen Times uh, position was eliminated. So wound up over in Silva. I do the editorial page. I I do the history page. You know, and just what whatever needs to be done. It's a family owned newspaper. Been there ninety four years, I believe. And we made it through COVID and we're still going strong and uh, it's home and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be there. They let me play and uh, I love it. And you also have the history themed article that you do. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, how did you get into history? You know, honestly, probably by growing up and sitting on porches and listening to the old timers. I uh, just, just got fascinated in it, and I, uh, I took every history class I could in college, and I've read every book I could read about a variety of topics, and it's, it's like so many other things. The more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. I love uh, those old timers telling those, the, you know, those history, and a lot of times it's a tall tale. They do a little bit of exaggeration here in the mountains, right? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they don't have to. <laughs> no, sometimes they don't. But you know, when they when they talk about falling into the water and not liking the pants because it came up and didn't have fifty fish in the cup, I, you know, I, you, you sort of figure out maybe that's a little bit of exaggeration. <laughs> a little bit. So, um, so um, you, um, yeah. The final question. I just think this is sort of a um 
you know, question about just the United States in general, and I don't know how far you want to go into it, but you have, we've all seen, and you've seen, especially massive changes in journalism world during the course of your career. Uh, and with the advent of online news and uh, the demise, the, you know, the, 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 I don't know if it's demise is the right word, but the diminishment of the hard copy industry, what do you think is the future of journalism? I don't know. I do know that a democracy depends upon an informed citizenry. Mm-hmm. Does not work without it, and uh, I think the past year or so has been pretty good evidence that we are not all reading from the same playbook. Uh, there's not an agreed-on base set of facts that uh, everyone can work from. You got problems. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the challenge of our uh, of our times is to. How do we um, control and channel misinformation without becoming, you know, a suppression of free speech? That's a real difficult puzzle to solve. Right. Yeah. All right. So we loved your book, the Historic Tales mm-hmm. of Silva and Jackson County. I got to I got to peek at a little bit. I'm going to read the whole thing. Um, so how did you decide to get, uh, write that book and, and get it published? Okay, I'll tell you a story. All right. A gentleman who grew up above me was named Early Deets. Early had about a half an acre garden down by the creek and plowed it with a mule every year until he was 92 years old. Uh, Growing up in Hayward County, I'm sure you're aware of the connection mountain folks have with their gardens. He was down every day. As corn was starting to hit and crows came in. So he started to scare a crow and uh, he'd go down every day and mess with it stuff the body, put pants on it, put a hat on it, set it in a lawn chair. Uh, this other old fellow lived up the road. Uh, used to hunt with him and dad when I was young. I thought he was the sweetest old guy in the world, but turns out he had a temper. And he was going around saying he was going to whip early. <laughs> Pick his butt. And somebody said, well, why? Says, every time I go by the garden or throw my hand up, some bitch never waves. <laughs> and I kept hearing these stories in places like hospice and nursing homes. And you know, pe- people die. The mortality rate is pegged at 100%. But stories don't have to, and stories can tell us a lot. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's, this isn't a straight up history book. The history kind of rubs off on you. But, you know, tells like that, you know, uh, the importance of. The connection to the land, you know, the importance of manners. Uh, so uh, I felt a duty. You know, right. I had enough talent to put those stories down. And uh, so it became sort of a bucket list thing. And I did. And I was fortunate enough, the good folks at History Press said, yeah, we'll publish it. Uh, it started as a series of columns in the Silver Herald. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I wrapped those together into the book, and uh, they helped me. And uh, folks at Western Carolina University, uh, Hunter Library, Digital Collections, uh, they helped me a lot with uh, finding some artwork to go with it. And so I began, they published it. What do you know? <laughs> and so those stories are saved. Yeah. I'm, I'm I see. I saw it on Amazon. That, I mean, it's going to be around forever now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, we're going so um you know it's on amazon now right 
and I was looking at it, and, you know, being a, being a, I, my my business is internet. I saw you. There, one of the, the featured snippets was is that you know the stories about the uh, you know quarreling about uh, internet is not much different than the quarreling they had about electric lines. Do you have a story about that? Was there a story in the book about that? Yeah, when I was very young, uh, there was a gentleman up at the head of the creek who didn't have electricity. Mm-hmm. And uh, my father stopped by with me in tow one day, and he decided to try to talk him into it. And you could tell he was not going to win the argument. The guy had never had it, therefore felt he did not need it. And uh, why would you want it? He, he lived 80, 85 years, I would say, by that time without it. And so it was just an encumbrance to him, not a, not a modern miracle. Mm-hmm. I like it. I don't understand it, <laughs> but I, I favor electricity. I am pro-electricity. <laughs> I, I'm sort of, I'm sort of pro-electricity there, but I, you know, I guess back then the slight difference is, is that he didn't make up a conspiracy or believe in a conspiracy. It was just based upon, he was honest about his personal preferences, right? Yeah. 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 Whereas the internet, you know, they, they, they you know, it might be, well, the internet's going to bring in, you know, uh, dangerous things into this area and we don't want it yeah <laughs> or it's got it's got radio waves the radio waves will cause cancer well again you're familiar with this area we would love internet and a lot of this <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I you know i even i have i i you know i i got the motel and i i uh try to you know pay in most of the place it does but you know still you know, there's patches you know, that I have to that are just dead, right? And you yeah, know, it's yeah. like it's in the search of great internet in the mountains is a little bit of a challenge. Um, that's why uh, you know have to spend so much to try and get it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, they still have an arguments about it. And the little local companies against the government and everything else. And so it's a it's a story that resonates well. Um, was this your first book? Uh, it was. Yeah. Uh, now. I was a little surprised at the reaction that, oh, you wrote a book because, you know, I've been a columnist and a writer for 40 years. Mm-hmm. So I've seen my name in print and uh, the, the, the the thrill is gone. The new has worn off. But and I didn't think there was that much of a difference in the format of a newspaper and a book, but uh, evidently there is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's my first. And uh <laughs> Did, did you ever, ever, you never had the urge to write a book before or the idea or was it ever a thing in your head? Or you know, I, I, I toyed with it, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a short form guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't think I could write a novel. You know, th- this is sort of a bathroom book. They're all short stories, self-contained, right. uh, not, not in serial. Well, they're kind of in serial format, but, uh, well, that means it's perfect for the internet age, you know, and a Kindle read. You know, short short attention span theater, brother. Yeah, yeah. The micro chunk method of reading books. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. So um, you wrote, I understand that you wrote um, a lot of stories about your dad and his friends and, uh, and things like, do you have a favorite story about your dad in the book? Well, the one that was told at his funeral I had never heard until uh, he was he was in the hospice at the VA in Asheville, and a friend had been over there for a treatment, and I happened to go see him while the friend was visiting, 
and it was the tail of the $20 bill. Mm -hmm. So these guys are over near the Tennessee border bear hunting. And back now, now these days, if you want to see a bear, put up a bird feeder. <laughs> you, you will have one. In those days, they were they were pretty rare and uh, tended to hang in very remote areas. Um, I'm talking a, a normal bear hunt would be a couple of hours. I'd say an hour driving on hard surface roads and an hour and a half on old logging roads and then walking for hours and hours and hours trying to find a track. So they had done this and they found a track and they turned the dogs loose. Dogs got after it. Uh, didn't, didn't catch it. And so it's, it's getting dark and they were supposed to rendezvous with some people to pick them up. They either showed up late or these guys didn't get the message right. A lot of assumptions in bear hunting that somebody would find you. <laughs> and that didn't always happen. So, you know, it's dark. They're miles from nowhere. And they take off up this gravel road. And late, 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 they pass a house, uh, a house with people and a porch light on. And so Daddy tells this gentleman, uh, Arthur Diller was his name, that he'd give him 20 bucks to go up and knock on the door, see if they get a ride out of there. And that will be the equivalent of $100, $200 in those days. Yeah, between you and I, he probably would just as soon see Arthur get shot than himself. So that might have played part. So the guy goes on the door. A woman comes to the door and Arthur says, I just said the first thing that came out of my mouth, I wasn't thinking. I said, ma'am, how'd you like to make $20? <laughs> they, they did not get a ride. Uh, <laughs> That's but again, I, th I think that was the story that really pushed me over the edge, and I've got to do this. I got to write these down. Uh, yeah, those are, yeah, those are great stories. So yeah. when we come back, I want you to tell me a few more. Give me a few more. You know, to create the uh, the the demand for the book. Okay, very good. Thank you. Howdy, I'm Franklin McElroy, back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. My guest, Jimmy Buchanan, who's written an award-nominated book called Historic Tales of Silva in Jackson County. Now, this book, the entire book is superb, and, and he's a great storyteller with a wonderfully dry wit, conversational style. Um, and, but we're talking about, I think, the, some of the best stories are about your dad. What was his name, Jim? Howard Tatham Buchanan. Howard Tatham Buchanan. That sounds like a real name. <laughs> uh, and he grew up on Tatham's Creek. There you go. Um, so I, there was a story about him and your and his friend hunting and trying. Oh no, we just read. We just did that one. I was uh, that was my notes. But we just did that one. Um, but you you have a story about him position and resting while hunting. Oh, that was pretty funny. What, do you remember that one? Uh, yeah. Uh, Dad was a very energetic man, and when he was after a bear, he would not. He wouldn't stop. Um, and I think the phrase for it was doing a breaking. 
is wearing somebody out and proving you know you can outwork them, outshoot them, whatever. And uh, he did that to a lot of people. And I came to the conclusion that in the long run, you know, there's the immovable force and or, uh, the immovable object and the unstoppable force. I just laid down because I knew he was not a patient man. I mean, back in the day, we would go on you know, trips to visit somebody that would take three hours and he'd be there 10 minutes and you could tell he'd start to fidget and I'm, I'm the same way. So I figured in the long run that uh, slackness beats stubbornness. And sure enough, he, he gave up and he, he went on to get a bear and just <laughs> left me alone. So. But, you know, he, he, he wouldn't leave me. He would always come back. So there was, yeah. there was assurance in that. These, these old hunters always had their uh, idiosyncrasies, right? Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my, uh, my father tells me a tale about my grandfather. He had this old Model T, and he would show dogs, right? And so he'd put the dogs in the Model Ts, and he'd say he'd go to a show in Florida, right? But he always insisted upon saving gas. So he would use the gas to get up the top of a hill. But then he would turn the car off and let it go all the way down. <laughs> and then he'd do the same thing again all the way to Florida. So, so they, they, they all uh, their little idiosyncrasies. So uh, is there, is, can, you, uh, can you tell us about some of your dad's colorful friends? Uh, there, there was one hunter, and he's still around, so I won't name him, but uh, we were way, way, you have to understand, I was perpetually lost, and a lot of the places we, we were at, uh, people had not been to much. It was, it was to phrase uh, Horace Kephart, back of beyond, uh-huh. a lot of these places, and we were crossing a little branch. And uh, he was trying to catch an ear and listen to where the dogs were, which way they were going. And he went into this kind of dream state and he put his hand down and he started making impressions in the mud around the branch. And I could tell that he was uh, trying to imitate a bear track. And I thought he was doing that just so he could show, you know, young ones like me what a bear track looks like and it it hit me years later he was going out and putting fake bear tracks to throw other hunters off (laughs) he could get the bear (laughs) and you know there there were all types there there was a lot of a lot of big talkers uh but all of them had good tales but uh they, they were a good bunch they were not uh you know, what you would call violent man or anything. It was, it, that was just the culture of the day. Yeah. 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 Play a little, yeah. That, that, I like that doing, uh, faking out the other, the other hunters. So, um, you had a best friend growing up, I understand. And his father was a game warden, right? <laughs> yeah. He was Jeff Contrell, Bud Contrell, the game warden, and Bud, Bud is still around living on Balsam. And you mentioned that his that your friend's father was likely to to arrest your uh, dad at the time. Is, that, is that, that was their running joke. His dad tried to arrest my dad <laughs> uh, because bear, bears are smart. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, you get over 
down Soco and the Hornbuckle, that was a legal area to hunt bears. Mm-hmm. This side of the range, that was a legal area to hunt bears. In between was the Blue Ridge Parkway, where it was not legal to hunt bears. So bears habitually would cross that area, and dogs have no sense of boundaries or anything, so they would chase them. And uh, yeah, bear hunting was much more dog hunting in the end, mm-hmm. trying trying to find the dogs that had gotten lost. So uh, Dab would not have a good respect of boundaries either once those dogs crossed them, <laughs> and he'd go try to round his dogs up, and you know, that that was our running gag. But he. I don't. I don't think Bud ever arrested Howard. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever go? Uh, uh, you mentioned you you you, you did go bear hunting with your dad then a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did did, you uh, I'm sorry. Did you hunt anything else? Uh, well, you know, I went deer hunting two times, and you didn't move, and it was cold, and there was the chance of getting shot. A lot more deer hunters in the woods than bear hunters. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I never considered myself a skilled bear hunter. You know, I was, I guess I was a journalist from young on. Uh, you know, I'd like to observe and watch and just soak it all in. And I got to go to a lot of places that you know a lot of people would never see. Yeah, and 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 a lifestyle, frankly, that's uh, you know that yeah you know, maybe it's changed anymore. But you hear the stories about it. Yeah. Um, so, um, do you have plans for a sequel? A lot of people have asked me to to do one, and I, I am toying with the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, COVID uh, put a real cramp in face to face conversations, which is where I you know got I got all of those stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I might. There, there's still a lot of good stories out there. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you're well aware. There are a lot of stories out there that uh, can only be published posthumously. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, some of the stories only work really well by the person that's telling them for who experienced them. You know, it's like yeah. I, I try to tell some of my dad's stories some of the time and I, I just can't get the, you know, he remembers it viscerally, viscerally, right? So it's like yours, the story, right? And uh, yeah. you know, and it, and it makes it much more raucous and interesting. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, so, um, do, um, do I was going to see? You know, I want to talk about some of the things that you might know. You live in. Uh, you've lived in several several parts of the of the of the area, right? Right. Of, uh, around Silva, around uh, um, Asheville, from uh, from a uh, you know from uh, what do you think are some of the growing areas in the area where a lot of people are going? And I know Asheville's one of them, um, but you you must have seen is Silva a growing town. Is it uh, becoming active? I, I think Silva has been discovered. Yeah, a combination of COVID and, you know, frankly, people living in Houston who are tired of hurricanes and uh, are newly tired of not having power in the winter. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of Texans are coming this way, uh, and Asheville is uh, it's exploding. It's, it's, yeah. it's reaching its carrying point, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, the, yeah, it's, it, 
Now, growing up, I never don't remember traffic jams. Do you? And none that didn't involve logging trucks. Yeah, right. Or or boulders falling off the side of the mountain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I you know I enjoy you know the Silvas that got that uh, nice little um, you know they the, I, what would impress me about Silvas you uh, on Main Street you've got three bookstores. And it's a small town, right? It's yeah, got yeah. it's got plenty of bookstores and uh, and great yeah. great little restaurants that are doing and the most there. gorgeous library in the country. Yeah, oh, I don't know if you've been in there, the old courthouse. They did such a wonderful job there. Just, yeah, the architecture there is really is really uh, is it's picturesque. So you know, I went there. I brought a whole bunch of people down from New York, um, and then you know they had that eclipse. Right, and they, oh, yeah. they 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 <laughs> shut down you know the, the main street and some of the side streets, and you could come there and you could lay down the streets and you could you know they they made a big deal of it. You sit back and you could watch the eclipse, and then they had they had university professors doing you know doing talking about it on loudspeakers along with entertainment and stuff. They really did it right, right? They did. They it was like right. the most combination of, of you know, visceral, you know, I'm saying visceral too much, uh, experience <laughs> in life, you know, at the same time, you're getting really well educated at the same time. So mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm highly impressed with Silver. So. Well, and I don't know about you, but the, the you know, very sophisticated. I knew all about the eclipse, but uh, that was such an experience. Uh, I mean, that was spiritual. It was. You know, everything going dark. Uh, you know, you don't believe it, but boom, there it went. It did it. You know, it was, it was, it was totally. And then being in the mountains there, you know, the, you know, the birds started going to sleep or whatever. It was, you know, everybody, everybody was confused, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to come back. Um, you're going to tell, you're going to, you know, you're going to tell me some of your uh, favorite things to do where you live now in the area where you live now and uh yeah what visitors might enjoy in the uh, western north carolina and haywood county you got it howdy this is joseph franklin mcelroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast, and my guest Jim Buchanan. So, Jim, you know, uh, you've had, you've lived in Asheville, and you live in, you've worked in Silva, and you've been, you grew up in Jackson County, and you've been in a lot of different places. Uh, how you, but you now live in a small little town called Clyde in Haywood County, which is about a hop, skip, and a jump for where I'm sitting right now in Maggie Valley. How did you, uh, how did you end up uh, moving there? I was working in Asheville. My wife was teaching in Jackson County, so we split the difference. <laughs> and what do you like about Clyde? Uh, it's a it's a good uh, family community. It's quiet, uh, but it's close to everything. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. yeah, it's got it's got a nice little sort of very little picturesque, but tiny little downtown. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if you know, it's famous for back like forty years ago. Uh, Wow, this is a long time. But there used to be the only seafood restaurant on top of the hill right before you go onto the highway. Going I out do remember that. It burned down. Remember that? Yeah. 
Yeah. Everybody went there to get seafood. It was really good. I can I can remember that. I don't know what happened to that, but that was I loved going to that place. It, it was lost in a fire, but you know, for a small town as this is, we have a great seafood uh establishment, Centels. You do. You have like um you have an old uh you know seafood where you go buy seafood, right? Yeah, they've been there fifty one years, I think yeah. now. They probably had something to do with that seafood restaurant, probably. Yeah. Probably did. Uh, the yeah. guy who founded it, he would go down and shrimp in the Gulf and whatnot. And so they still got all the connections. You know, if they don't have it, they can get it. Yeah, they got good stuff. I remember that. Um, so um, if somebody wanted to, you know, I like to get people to talk about an itinerary. So, you know, we're the gateway of the Smokies. We're talking to a large audience. So I want to give them some things to do that they might not just find from a traditional travel log. So I like talking to, you know, people from the area and, and get a, a, a nice idea, a, a itinerary that they would do in or near their hometown. So if, and that would be like what you do have for breakfast, what do you do in the morning? What do you have for lunch? What do you do in the afternoon? What do you do for dinner? What do you do for entertainment in the evening? So, um, so I'm, I'm going to walk you through this day in the Clyde and Haywood County or surround these areas. So what would you do for breakfast waking up in Clyde? Well, okay, I'll give you a couple of different itineraries uh, that I've done with people who are, are new to the All area. right. Uh, you know, just, just grab some fast food, head out. Uh, we'll start at the west. Cherahola Skyway, gorgeous drive. Mm -hmm. Kilmer uh, National Forest. Uh, some of the biggest trees you'll ever see, and uh, that were that was very common back in the day. But uh, uh, they were cut, and the chestnut blight took care of the other ones. Uh, Fontana Dam, largest dam in the east, very imposing structure out that way. Uh, coming back this way, uh, Nantahala Lake is, is gorgeous. Uh, there's there's a little road I won't I won't name the name of because I would like. For it to be kind of hidden still it's uh, 14 miles a mostly paved logging road that goes by uh oh shoot who was the, the bartram trail goes by the bartram trail which comes out near nanahala lake uh then coming back this way further you know bryson city you can go to deep creek go tubing if the water's up of course it's kind of packed uh for lunch i would head to neighbors drive in N-A-B-E-R-S, uh -huh. Bryson City. It's an old-fashioned drive-in. You pull up, you hit the button, you order, and somebody brings your food out to you. Uh, then coming back this way, of course, Cataloochee. Uh, you remember when Cataloochee was, you could almost have it to yourself. Right. And the Elk came in, and it's, it's kind of like Disney World, but it's still a, a cool place to get into. Uh, you know, I used to recommend uh, Max Patch. Uh, Max Patch has been loved to death right now. Yeah, it's temporary closed, right? Yes, yeah. it is. Uh, Too it's many people there. Yeah, not long ago, you know, five years ago, you could go up there and almost be by yourself, but uh, yeah. it was discovered rapidly. Uh, I know it sounds trite, but if you've never been to the Biltmore House, go to the Biltmore House. Uh, a lot of history there. The, the, the grounds worth the one time. Ground. The grounds are beautiful. Uh, they got some good restaurants there. I love Twelve Bones Restaurant. Uh, in, in Asheville, that's where I think Obama made two trips to Asheville, and that was the first place he went both times. Great barbecue, great barbecue, wonderful yeah. barbecue. Yeah, and that, you know, 
the other night I, I would come back, go up to Water Rock Knob, watch the sunset. There you go. Get up the next day, walk around Lake Junalaska, uh, and just just enjoy the little things. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a, a ideal um, adventure. Now, what do you think is the? Um, I mean, there's a number of amusements that run in the area. I, I'm sure you've seen them over the years from the, the Asheville area and from and what do you think is the best one or the, the one that's yeah you know, that uh, maybe kids would like the most and it's most well taken care of and it's really a, a, a worthwhile experience okay you broke up a little bit could you quickly rephrase the question what would you think is the best amusement park in the area uh well you know ghost town is open again isn't it no not yet no okay <laughs> oh boy amusement park uh well, there's the railroads, there's the, you know, you can go all the way to Dollywood. I mean, those are big commercial ones. Or you can go to, I think there's Santa's Land still out in Cherokee. There's uh Yeah, I think I think that's still open. Yeah. Uh, well, I miss the SoCo Zoo. That was a great oh. zoo. <laughs> and Maggie Valley, the SoCo. I know there's no zoos now. And it was, you it was a can't, terrible. You just can't terrible. find a good rattlesnake pit. Anyway. No. <laughs> Well, you know, in Cherokee, they used to have bear wrestling, too. But I, I don't think they even allow that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, uh, as, as far uh, as, like, a, a theme park, uh, I would do some rafting. I know that's not a theme park, per se. No, but uh, Navajala's got some great uh, rafting, uh, mm-hmm. you know, places to, to, you know, like centers to go uh, rafting. And so does uh, the Pigeon River in Gatlinburg area, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I love. Oh, the I, I would. I would take a kid to the Arboretum. Yeah, in Asheville, uh, you know, you can ride the Segway around there, go up Bent Creek, and uh, you, you will see some wildlife. Oh yeah, it might be a copperhead, but you will see some wildlife out that way. Uh, the Arboretum itself is a is a good facility. Yeah, glad that's still one great guns. Oh boy, where to take a kid? Yeah, uh, yeah well, I'll just take him to the Smokies for Pete's sake. There you go, take him back outside. So, uh, quick question best fly fishing spot? You know, I was always a uh, worm fisherman. Okay. <laughs> best uh, worm fishing spot. But I have observed fly fishermen. Uh, yeah. The Takasiji. Uh, between Cullowee and Dillsboro, you just can't beat it. Good. All right. So how do people uh, follow you, uh, read more about you, that sort of thing, get your book? Any any uh, shout-outs you want to give to uh, where, where people can connect with you? Uh, first of all, City Lots Bookstore in Silva uh, has the book. Uh, to, to connect, just go to the Silva Herald website, send me an email. Uh, I am on Facebook, but I rarely post. Uh, What's your website? Oh, I, I don't have a website. I am I am on Facebook, but okay, I almost never post. I actually made my first post in about three years uh, Sunday. Somebody put up a map of the national parks and which ones have you visited and what state they're oh, in. Yeah. They located the Smokies entirely in Tennessee. All right. So, no, that's not right. Yes, I'm a little touchy about our half. 
in North Carolina. We're over 51%. So we, we, and we were the original gateway to the Smokies. And we got out marketed by Tennessee. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Exactly. So uh, I want to thank you we, very uh, much. I want to thank you. I want to thank you very much for being on the show. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to read more of your book and I highly recommend what I, from what I've read, I highly recommend it. And you know, Bob Plot asked you to be on the show because he was really impressed with you, what you had written. So yeah, Bob's uh, good. So that's high praise. Yeah. Cool. Um, this is the gateway to the Smokies podcast. You can find out more about us at gateway to the Smokies.fun. You can watch the Zoom live on on uh, facebook.com slash uh, gateway to the smokies podcast um this is part of the talk radio.nyc network where you will see a lot of shows live podcasts about multiple subjects uh right after this show is one about exploring new york so you can go right from uh you know rural north carolina to the most urban city in the planet and i have lived in both places um and I can recommend highly both of uh, both of these. I'm always here every week uh, from six to seven on Tuesdays to talk about the Smokies uh, and to promote uh, you know the culture of the of this area and uh, opportunities for visiting in a, a meaningful and, uh, and and in depth manner to create memorable experiences. And I thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week.